I'm Paul Sutton, and this is Digital Download, the show where I talk to topic experts on digital marketing, social media, and public relations about the things that matter in today's communications industry. On the last episode of the podcast, I talked to Richard Benson about how his company Nectarine study into how the measurement of PR has evolved in the last six years. But there's one metric that we didn't cover, and it's something that has real potential in helping to address the issue of business value. Share of search is a metric that the advertising industry adapted many years ago, and when you understand what it represents, it honestly seems like a no-brainer for the communications sector. Although at first glance, share of search appears to be something that's borrowed from the SEO industry, there is actually an important distinction. Because whereas SEO is primarily concerned with search engine rankings and how to improve those, communications is concerned with changing behaviour and creating interest. And one of the major ways we show interest in something in 2021 is to search for it on Google. Want to know more about something or a product or a brand? pick up your mobile and head to Chrome or Safari. It therefore follows that if you can track trends in how many people are searching for your brand over time, you're getting a lot closer to proving outcomes for your work. Where or indeed whether your brand appears in those searches is where SEO is important. But with share of search, your website ranking is irrelevant as it's the intent that's important. Share of search was brought to my attention by Stella Bales. Stella started out in PR at Hill and Knowlton, aged 18, working on the consumer side of the business. Having spent a few years working on consumer accounts at different agencies, she had a kind of epiphany while presenting the results of a global PR campaign to a very well-known alcohol brand. I remember being in the all-agency meeting at the end of the campaign. We were so proud of all of our results. We went in with all of our coverage clips and big reach numbers and And then the digital team came in and they didn't really have anything visual, but they just had really strong stats and numbers and like traffic numbers. And I was like, and they just absolutely stole the show. This was in 2008. And she says that was the spark that made her want to learn more about digital and about measurement. As a result, Stella ended up moving to an SEO agency in Brighton called Propellernet. She jokes that she didn't even know what SEO stood for at the time but that the agency was keen to hire someone with her skills and taught her how Google and search engine optimization worked. The recruitment process was led by Gary Preston, who went on to create Coverage Book and Answer the Public. He is an absolute digital marketing genius, but at that time was the head of SEO and had been doing SEO for a really long time, was really successful at it. And he knew the way that Google was going. So even though anyone who sort of knows the changes of the Google algorithm might say that the you know different changes happened later to that. He just knew the way it was going. In 2008, the way that sites were getting to number one on Google was by buying links on other websites. Gary was one of those in SEO who understood this tactic had limitations and that Google wouldn't allow this to happen long term. He understood that to get the true recommendations that Google wanted, SEO companies needed to do things differently and that PR was the key to that. This thinking, at that time at least, involved no little amount of foresight, as it was a few years before the link between SEO and PR became mainstream and obvious. The company became one of the very first in the UK to operate in this way, helping to blaze the trail for what would later be called digital PR. 
In 2014, Gary and Stella developed the idea for CoverageBook to solve the problem of reporting on a mix of PR coverage and website analytics. This was taking too much time and Gary set about building the tool. It turned out that it wasn't just a problem for us. It was because he built it for us. And then I think other people in the industry, like friends of the team, were like, we need that. In 2018, Stella started the PR Resolution podcast while she was living and working in New York. She says it was a great excuse to get into some great places, chat to influential people and make great connections and has published 30 shows to date. It educates people, educates me, it makes great connections. It does just bring people in, but for the right reasons, because it means that they're like, oh, that's why they have the main authority and coverage book. Oh, that's why there's that link checker thing. All oh, right, that's why they bang on about that. I hope it shows the reasons why we have built these things and we're not just doing it for the money. With Coverage Book and the podcast, Stella has been one of the most vocal proponents of measuring the value of public relations using search metrics during the last five years. Most recently, she's been pushing the idea of share of search as a metric that all PR people should be evaluating. I asked her to explain the approach. Share of search is a metric that's used in the advertising industry. It has been used for a while. I remember when I was at Propenonet quite a few years ago, it being talked about in the in the paid department. And to be honest with you, I didn't take a great deal of notice. <laughs> but I did, I did, I didn't know a little bit what it was about. But then all of my focus was get coverage, get links in the coverage, yep. and then that gets you higher in Google. That was all I was focusing on. During this like, past few months, where me and a group of people who I mentioned in a minute have been talking about share of search. People assume that we are talking about search engine optimization, which mm. is how you get higher visibility or greater visibility in Google, and it's not. And um, and it's great that people in PR are talking about SEO. I think people understand why, because links in coverage are powerful. So that's why yeah. we talk about SEO. But that can actually to understand all of that and understand the Google algorithm is actually quite complex. Whereas share of search really... We should have been, and I'm I'm putting myself in this, we all should have been thinking about this to start off with because essentially it's looking at what people are searching for. Now, people are driven to search because they are made aware of something. So that really should be a metric for us. It's a way of proving that we have made somebody take action. So if we're making people more aware of something and educating them and persuading them to do something, then like one of the best triggers, like one of the most powerful triggers is if they search for something. Share of search, technically, as a metric, is the total number of searches for a brand or product, but it's normally a brand, divided by the total number of searches for brands in a category, including your own. So that's how the advertising industry will look at it. Yep. And they're using that as as their metric. But obviously, it's not just advertising that that is pushing those people to search for a brand, you know? So it's like, why are we not talking about it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when you talk about it in those terms, it's so blatantly obvious, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that this should have been done a long time ago. I mean, it really is. It's, you know, like you say, you, you cause people to take an action. What's the first thing people do? They go to Google. And, and yeah. we all know that. We all know it instinctively. So why haven't we been thinking that? I mean, we used yeah. to, from a social media perspective, going back maybe seven, eight years, I suppose, when when I was working in my last agency and we would run large social media campaigns. I remember one for a, 
a life life insurance company and we would measure share of voice which is slightly different yeah. but it's similar in terms of we would do the same thing but for talk on social media so we would use social listening tools listen for talk of that brand track talk of all the other brands in the category and the same thing measure it whether it's going up or down or and that was a that was a tactic a measurement that we used at that time but mm. even then we weren't doing share of search and i'm not sure other people were doing share of mm. voice in terms of social listening that much at that time but things have certainly come mm. on from that perspective do you see many people in the pr industry using it at the moment no, this is a quick answer. Um, and we are trying to find examples. Some people are. So I do know that Clarity PR um, have, have used it and PR Agency One have also used this in campaigns. Beyond that, I don't know. Please get in touch if you have, because we are continuing to do research about how best to um, to add it to to earn media to measurement. But yeah, the the reasons why I know that those agencies have used share of search in measurement is because back in May. Uh, a group of us got together just it was mainly because we were in lockdown and because we missed talking and meeting up at events but we started a, a group zoom a regular group zoom and um, it was Wads um, started it and hosted it and it was Andrew Smith and um, Alex Judd from Clarity PR Steve Lee and James Crawford from PR Agency One Christian from Simply Thought and um, Hannah who I work with on uh, Answer the Public we were all meeting meeting up regularly and share a search just sort of came up because Wads noticed there was a full page ad in the FT from the IPA which is the Institute of Practitioners in Advertising and it was saying share of search is the metric you should be using or something right. along those lines um, so I think he noticed it and said what, what are you guys are you guys aware of this and, it, and as I say, it wasn't new, it's not a new thing then, but I think that they're trying to push it as like the industry standard mm-hmm. metric. And since then, there's been a lot more research. So just last week, actually, um, at F-Works, which is a huge um, sort of advertising, digital advertising event, there was new research that was presented. And it says that share of search now represents 83% of a brand's share of market. Okay. So the way that people search absolutely correlates with purchasing habits yet again PR industry isn't this what we want (laughs) (laughs) you know so we need to find a way of like finding and and there are you know the advertising industry the way that they look at it is is brand just brand names now obviously there's a level down from that but for PR people you can look at key messages you can look at these you know product names you can look at correlation of times of communications and when things went live you know there are ways of putting proof to this stuff you know like i said it's it seems so obvious when you talk about it but i mean this this has really come about i suppose because if you think about pr we talk about pr changing behavior or or opinions or creating an action it's the outcome stuff that PR people have struggled to measure historically, but this is a—it's not a business metric, but it's—it's it's a good proxy for that. Like you said, if if it's that close to to people, what people's actions are, are actually taking, isn't it? Yes, exactly. 
the the amount of times that we are asked at coverage booked by customers to say i mean we get asked for ava more than you would really? believe but, and of course we will never add it but we do get asked and it, and i understand why people are having pressure to have some kind of dollar sign yeah. pound sign at the end of their reports you know there is there is that pressure and i was able to do that when i went into uh, seo pr or digital pr as people like to be calling yeah. it these days which i don't like that label <laughs> but um, but anyway i was able to put a pound sign next to into my reports because i was working on e-commerce clients yeah. so it was a lot easier to track that not so easy in other in other areas so i get it you know people do have that pressure but it's not we know it's not there's not going to be suddenly a a magic way to go here's a piece of coverage here's Mm. a value that actually is worthwhile or makes sense we just have to put the hard work in and go okay where where how is this business performing or how's this organization performing how do they measure that as a business and i think that's the thing with prs that we do need to look higher and above outside of our industry to go okay how how do they measure business success or organizational success and then where is our route to those to those metrics mm. um, and that and that's the way to do it and this feels like the closest route that i've seen for for a while yeah i would agree with you and and it's because with when people search for something they've got an action in mind because when you go to google Typically, you're looking for information, aren't you? You're looking for an answer to a question, which is, well, that's where Answer the Public came from, isn't it, really? Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's not a passive thing, like with, with social media, where you might be exposed to a piece of content, but you're not in that search frame of mind. You're not looking for something. You're just exposed to something. But yeah, with, with search, your mindset's totally different, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think the way that we do audience research and PR and have done audience research, whether it's for insight or at the end for for measurement, um, some of them do have their place. You know, the way that you were just talking about um, share of voice and social listening absolutely has its place. But it's about finding the right methods your particular objective or organization Mm. but you know when we have sort of done in the past focus groups or surveys that kind of thing it's just like what is that really saying you know that's that's bias it's a really small pool of people that's that needs to stay in the past you know that's not that's not really proving Mm. anything at all unless it's like really a a huge uh, pool of people which i have don't often see and there's no way of it being biased um and you're talking about opinions maybe but we've well, we started calling it search listening at answer okay. the public, but it's but it's observed because we're, you're not asking anybody. And in fact, the people when you're pulling out your phone and searching or in a browser, it's completely private um, and anonymous. So it's you know looking at that data, it is an observed form of research, which means it's 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 true. You know, it's 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 very very true, and and people do search for all sorts of things that they wouldn't normally ask or tell anybody else so you really I mean apart from that sort of moving away from that um how many times has your brand been searched for but going into audience research for public relations it's it's an incredible resource um for especially for insight and to understand our audience especially in a crazy world that we're living in right now Podcast analysis has always been a major problem for marketers, with outreach efforts reliant on dubious download numbers and a lot of guesswork. Until now. 
Podchaser Pro is a new service that solves the problem for podcasters and marketers alike. I caught up with co-founder Cole Raven. We've built this new product around audience sizes so that as like a PR agency or a marketing agency, you can use this tool to really understand how many listeners every podcast gets. And then we provide contact information on top of that. We understand how many people are listening to a podcast, how far they get into each episode, in some cases, demographic data. You can't find that anywhere else. Check it out at podchaserpro.com forward slash digital download. Understanding that PR tactics can trigger internet searches is incredibly valuable. So the idea of share of search is, in my view at least, something that all communications professionals should be interested in. Analyse the searches you are triggering or can trigger, measure those and do more of that activity to help prove value. So what should someone do to take the first step in developing a share of search programme? Three and a half billion searches are happening every single day. So that's a pretty big um, data source for us to be diving into. Yeah, yeah. But even more interesting than that, that 15% of those three and a half billion searches every day are brand new. Okay. So that means that they've never been seen before. That thing has never been searched before. So that thing that's been searched for every day at 15% that's brand new is probably because they've been triggered by news or something that's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, so So that is amazing insight that you can tap into in real time. Like, I don't know any other audience research that you can get that kind of insight from, you know, at the, at the time of something happening. So that's why we are seeing more and more news stories with Google search stats at the top. Right? A lot of news stories are led with that now. Um, and that's why, because it, it does tell you about the way that the world is is feeling and thinking and, and not just the world. You can drill down into countries and in America, you can drill down to, to states um, as well. So really interesting insight, especially around elections or COVID or all sorts of things. So that's why it's important, I think. And then the other question was, how do you start? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're sold on the idea of search listening and wanting to do this, where do they start? Google. (laughs) So (laughs) open a browser. And when you start to type something in that Google box, you will see that Google tries to guess what you are searching for. And there's like 10, normally 10 guesses just that will come up below as you start to type. Yeah, That is the start of search listening so those 10 are the most popular questions or searches related to whatever you're typing going on right now um so you'll find that they change do you know how often they change those those auto suggestions i don't somebody else might i don't but yeah i know it's based on whatever's happening right now and it does change based on where you are as well which was really interesting sort of seeing the differences with covid and when different lockdowns were happening great insight you know um of how people were feeling different school rules at that time different worries from parents and that were different uh, down here so you can start to see that i'm not using covid as an example but this is absolutely any topic so it doesn't matter what area of pr you're working in whether you're working i don't know selling fridges i'm looking at a fridge (laughs) i just said it that's your first place to start just play around in the google box yeah. Um, but you're just going to get those top 10 there. 
So then you can then start to look at other Google tools. So Google Trends is really interesting. So it's the same kind of stuff, but you can look over time and you can start to look at different search terms and then compare against other search terms. So that could be you, uh, your brands and then put in a competitor brands or or you could look, put in, I, I did this once when I worked on Smirnoff, I put a... Um, was it Smirnoff or was it? Oh no, it's Westfield. Sorry, it was when I worked on Westfield and we uh, worked on an event around spring summer, and it was a special campaign name that we had come up with. Can't remember it now because my my memory's not great. But it was a special campaign name. It was very unique, and you saw that it had no searches, and then suddenly searches, a spike of searches in Google Trends. So that was nice. We screenshotted that from Google Trends, popped it in our <laughs> coverage book, and it's great because it's just the proof. It's beyond the coverage, right? It's like there's yeah, yeah. the coverage. Oh look, and then that's what people did when we made them aware. Free, all free tools, you know. So, but then beyond that, if you really like it and you think oh, I need a bit more of this, um, and especially if you're in the you know the insight stage and coming up with ideas or hooks or angles, that kind of thing. We built Answer the Public um, as a tool. So it's answerthepublic.com. And we, again, the same coverage, but built it as an internal tool when we were at the agency. And it basically is Google suggests en masse. So rather than just the top 10 related searches or questions around your topic, um, it pulls in all of the questions <laughs> around your topic and it displays them in a really lovely sort of diagram, sort of spider diagram, and you can sort of go through and it throws up some really, really interesting things. And I think, especially in PR as well, I know that one of the biggest changes I, I needed to go through when I moved from PR to search was to stop thinking journalist first and start thinking public person first I know that sounds obvious but you're just trained in that way in PR and you're so like key messages brands oh yeah everyone knows our key message and they talk about us in this way and like they absolutely don't they really don't and um and that's our job to do but they don't start there and and search really really does just like it makes you feel very realistic about the way that people think and type you know all sorts of misspellings and and they definitely very rarely do they type out a key message that you're trying to get out but they might do you know you can look at related ones and see how it's worked but but yeah all sorts of interesting questions and it just makes what you're doing relevant you know so you're not just shouting at people you're actually connecting what you're doing to what people need and want and are asking for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, going back to my agency days when I was doing more of the sort of on the ground stuff of this stuff, we had um, we had one client which basically we switched to a live newsroom model. So rather than what we what we would do is is basically use Google Trends among other tools to listen to what people were talking about on a on a daily basis. Every morning, I would sit in front of Google Trends and have a look around and see if there was anything that we could then use either from a social media perspective or from a PR perspective mm. to drive effectively talk about the brand we were working with. And we had massive success with, mm. with that approach rather than the, the conventional PR thing of, like you say, what, what, what's under the news coming out the the company or what are our key messages? That, that whole thing took a real backseat. 
Yeah. And um, the success we had with that was 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 really incredible, actually. Yeah. You were saying before that Answer the Public has really kind of exploded in its use over the last year or so. Yeah. Do you know kind of where that's come from? And is it just the? Do you think? I, I guess what I'm saying is, do, do are people becoming more aware of the the value of of understanding what's happening in search? I think they are. We were just talking before we started to record about um, how we were getting on in during pandemic, and and I and I mm. just for the listeners, I was saying to Paul that we were really surprised at how how popular Answer the Public was becoming, and we started to look into the users because Answer the Public it's search data, as I've just said, and all of the users. I mean, don't get me wrong, we've got a lot of users because it's a free tool. There is a there is a paid for version. They're for super users, but um, generally it's a it's a free. Um, resource but it's always traditionally been marketing people and really content marketers and and search uh, people but it started to really grow in PR but beyond marketing we were seeing teachers using it to see and 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 healthcare people in fact we had um, quite huge healthcare brand <laughs> get in touch and they were using it to inform different products uh, that they were they were putting out at the time. GPs organisations started to use it to understand what information they needed to get out to people um, around COVID. Uh, so they they were looking at the the questions that people were asking on a daily basis of um, about COVID and what they needed to know and they needed to get information out quickly uh, to people. And so the way to do that in in real time is to look at search data. So yeah, it really went far beyond marketing. And it's that intelligence and insight you can get from it because I've I've since that you introduced on to the public several years back, I've always used it as a as a kind of long tail search insight thing. So that if I you know for for writing blog posts for example or you know that sort of stuff because it was it's magnificent for that sort of things. But you're kind of talking about it as a step above that now, really, aren't you? In in terms of the way you, it can be used. Yeah, I mean, it's um, very interesting for us to know that we're helping people outside of marketing. I mean, that's incredible mm. for us. But our listeners here are going to be in, in PR and marketing, and it's it's really useful, <laughs> um, like, like you say, for, for writing content. But I mean, I don't know how how I was coming up for uh, coming up with ideas uh, when I was agency side without this kind of <laughs> insight. To be honest, yeah, I know. I mean, they must. I, mean, I don't know how any of them landed without really knowing what the public <laughs> was searching for. It's, it's bringing up all sorts of ways. But do you know what? It's it's not that easy if you don't if you haven't done this before and then you just go to the empty box. You're like, where do I start? Yeah, um, where do I start? I, yeah, and I do absolutely get that. I, I was the same. Which is why we're sort of like starting to do different examples. So uh, we've got a, a built a PR page on there now, just because my my even though it does uh, help lots of different people, my interest is obviously PR, um, and just sort of giving examples of how you can use it to um, identify crisis um, and and track your your brand or pretend you know that what could it could be a potential crisis point for your product's brand organisation, and you can track the, um, any 
searches that might begin um, around those topics in Answer the Public. So we have like people in that area using it in that way. We've actually started doing email alerts around that now. Um, so again, very similar to, to a social listening sort of Gramwatch style product, I guess. But it's for people who are searching. So I, I mean, I always, there's that, there's also like reputation things. So, you know, people starting to search for, I don't know, CEO names around financial um, announcements. Right. You know, there's all sorts of different ways, but we've, we're just starting to really just start to help people with that. We created the Search Listening Index where we've got 14,000 brands, and this is just on a, a page on Answer the Public, it's free. And we've basically just pulled in all of the questions around these 14,000 brands. Just so people, if, if one of your brands that you work on and you're pitching for is in there, it just gives you a really good idea of how it's being talked about and, and what questions are coming up around it, you know, because you, you will, you will yeah. always find a surprise. And that's the thing that you should be looking at, you know. The term search listening is something that Stella and her team have adopted to describe paying attention to trends in internet searches. I asked her why she thinks it's so important to do this and also what tools are available to help communications people get started. They should probably go and read the white paper that me and the crew that I mentioned earlier put together because it's a real sort of beginner's guide of what it, what it is, um, how the advertising industry use it. And then we use an example brand of how you can work out uh, share of voice, uh, sorry, share of search for a brand for PR. Um, and so they can go to the PRCA website. So it's prca.org org.uk forward slash innovation and you can download the pdf there that's a good place to start um for for share of search for pr then and then if you want to just generally learn about how to use search listening there's a little bit in that pdf but then obviously you can go and have a look at answer the public as well there's all those there's a few free resources there as well I want people to get in touch as well because as I said like I know of a few examples but I think the best way to sort of really get this forward in the, in our industry is the more that we share and say actually yeah we did this and you know you don't have to reveal all of your report but it's just good to know and then we can keep Amec will continue to talk about it and and then we will start to build our budgets up and start to claim what some of our came back of some of what the advertising industry is claiming to be theirs. If you'd like to find out more from Stella, contact her on Twitter. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please do leave a review as this helps others discover the podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.